Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 3, Episode 2. My name is Luke Hatfield, alongside me is Matt Wilson, two men who couldn't be bothered to make it to the Rotherham game uh, over the weekend. But we're joined by someone who has uh, actually attended the game for us. Uh, firstly, I'll say hello to everyone. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I, I, I did actually have something to do on Saturday, I didn't just... You didn't just slink off, you didn't just It wasn't just that like I couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> I was at a wedding, so... Um, yeah, I, but uh, Joe Edwards was there for us, and yeah, they turned the style on when I wasn't there, which was a, a bit of a, a bit annoying. But there we go. That's all right. He's a good look charm, I guess. Joe Edwards. Joe, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. It was a you know, it wasn't so bad of a trip to be honest. I thought first time going to Scunthorpe, it's another ground ticked off the list, if you like, and it wasn't an amazing game by any means, but. Albion did what they needed to do. Uh, they capitalised on on the you know the moments that they had to take and come away with a pretty respectable win. So all in all, I think it was a good afternoon's work. Yeah, and it's by the sounds of it, I mean a four 0 win, and you know when you look at it straight away, you think, oh okay, West Brom dominant. But um, it really was a half-time team talk that seemed to do the business, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was all a bit passive in the first half, to be honest, and it was typical. Kind of pre-season fair, all a bit slow, not really much to get too excited about. And one of the kind of big takeaways for me, obviously I don't watch Albion every week, but from what I could see from what fans have said, and obviously what you know Matt's been writing over the past couple of years, is that Albion kind of need uh, a driving force uh, from midfield. And the midfield was a bit passive. Um, Kravinovic, tidy player, obviously took his goal uh, really well too but um, he's not going to be that one who grabs games by the scruff of the neck I don't think mm. uh, he's a tidy player good good player to have in that final third but perhaps still need a box to box player in there if they can um, but um, now some decent showings Connor Townsend going in, you know, to his former club getting a bit of a standing ovation as he, as he went off he set up a couple of goals Matt Phillips as ever you know, pretty consistent in that final third. You know, a couple of runouts for the new boys as well, uh, Ajay and Zahore. So, as we say, yeah, good afternoon's work. Yeah, you can't complain, can you? I mean, it's more like it in the second half, I imagine, you know, when you're going in nil-nil. I mean, it's not always um, the most convincing. But then again, it's pre-season. We were talking about this last week, you know, pre-season games. Not always to be taken... Uh, by face value but Matt were you keeping up with it at all from the wedding or to be brutally honest no the first thing I saw of it was um, the morning after when I uh, quite you know, a bit groggy in the morning hungover um, just a little bit yeah there was a, there was a lot of uh, free wine at the wedding which was uh, very enjoyable um, but I just you know flipped on my phone and, and read Joe's report um, it sounded like as just as you both touched upon Scunthorpe were they are obviously not as good as Villarreal, a different sort of calibre of opposition. Um, but that being said, I think scoring four goals will will do everybody in the world, you know, the world of good and also keeping a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, because before the Villarreal goal, uh, Villarreal game, sorry, they beat Telford four three. But speaking to Bilic after the, after the Villarreal game, he was disappointed with with how sloppy the goals they were conceding. Yeah. So I think they'll be pleased, even though it doesn't sound like Scunthorpe posed too much of a threat. No. Be, I think they'll be pleased with a clean sheet just as much. No, they didn't pose too much of a threat. They were quite. It was a bit difficult to make out quite what system Scunthorpe were playing. Of course, they're managed by Paul Erst now, the former 
Shrewsbury boss, but mm. they kind of had wingers playing in central midfield positions and kind of vice versa. It all seemed a bit of a mishmash, yeah. to be honest. Um, but they had Kevin Van Veen up front and um, Dara O'Shea was marking him, and he did a really good job. Um, look, was one of the most convincing performers on the afternoon, really. Um, brings the ball out of defence quite nicely, seems quite comfortable on the ball, got a decent range on him. He looks like, to be honest, based. I mean, it's only one game, but you know, looking at that, you've got to think he's going to have some sort of shout this season, whether it's the Carabao Cup or you know the early rounds of the FA Cup or just an odd league appearance here and there, because mm. he looks like pretty well polished. Um, Nathan Ferguson played right back uh, as well. Um, had a bit of a you know tough time early on against Adam Hamill. Um, you know, a former Premier League winger. You know, got a you know a bit of bit of a tricky player as yeah. we've seen in the past but um, got more confident as the game went on you'd say and Townsend on the left left side of uh, full back was, was really good and Kieran Gibbs not involved at all uh, told that he was a knock he'd mm-hmm. gone to see a specialist I mean there was worries that he'd be off but you know you just got to take it at face value when you're told that and um, yeah Townsend really good and yeah it was a steady steady showing for the back four it's interesting you you mentioned O'Shea as well because he was someone who impressed you, Matt, as well in Benidorm. He was, yeah. I mean, he made one mistake at the end of that game, but he was the only person to on either team to complete ninety minutes that day, and it was it was very hot. Um, and I think there is a feeling that he's leapfrogged Jack Fitzwater in the pecking order at, at centre back. I think Fitzwater had a great loan spell at Warsaw um, a couple of years ago, and and also the first half of la- last season. But it sort of tailed off in the second half of last season. O'Shea was playing level below with Exeter. But by all accounts, he did very well there. Um, you know, it is League Two. It's, it's a big jump from League Two up to the Championship. Um, but I think, as a fourth choice centre back, I think I don't think there's any should be any complaints with that. You know, in in terms of, you know, I spoke to him after the Villarreal game, and, and he himself admitted it's very difficult for young centre backs to get a chance because it's not a you know if you're a winger um, like Carl Edwards or or you know a Rayhan Tulloch or someone like that, you can get thrown on for the last twenty minutes of games. That very rarely happens with centre backs, so it is a difficult, difficult position to break into. Um, you know, probably second only to goalkeeper, really, in in in, in, that, in those regards. Um, but I think in O'Shea, I'd I'd like to see him maybe stay around. It depends on the signings they make, but I'd like to see him stay around, not go out on loan this time, and and be that fourth choice. You know, who have they got at the moment? It's Carl Bartley, Ahmed Hagazi. Uh, and Semi Ajay can play there as well. Yeah. So, if you've got those three ahead of him, um, you might not necessarily need another centre back. Now, if they get someone in um, that can play centre back, um, then perhaps he would it would be best for him to go out on loan to to a good League One club. But uh, like you know, it is really difficult to read too much into preseason because last summer I, I'm I'm reminded that Carl Edwards was the best player of preseason. He absolutely tore it up, scored loads of goals. And he barely played, yeah. so mm-hmm. it is quite dangerous to read too much into preseason, particularly when the squads are quite thin and the academy players are getting minutes. But as you say, from what from from the limited uh, viewings we've got of him, I've been impressed. Yeah, yeah I was just going to add. I thought he probably looked a bit more assured than Bartley actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Bartley in the first half was kind of seen, you know, jumping into challenges and kind of getting caught out of position as well. Alshay was just a bit more, bit more measured and kind of, you know. Picked his moments a bit, a bit more. To be honest, he seemed a little less rash in his decision making. So, 
you know, he's only a young lad, but he seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders. And one thing about Bilic is he he has got history of playing young players, and he also has got a history of bringing them through. And that is one of the reasons why uh, the board appointed him. They, mm. You know, obviously, I think there were a number of reasons why the, why they, they liked him. You know, the fact that he sort of blew them away at the interview stage, the fact that he's he is a well-respected name in the game. He's got a reputation, but also I think there was a feeling that you know we've got these these players in that age bracket of eighteen to twenty-one, and we want to see a bit a few more of them come through, like Harper did last season. We want to see them kick on now. And do, do you know how that happens through coaching? You know, we live in a we live in an age where all all anyone cares about is um, transfers and, and recruitment, and that is a massive important important part of. Um, of any football club, but coaching a player is is just as important, if not more important. You know, if you've got someone like Dara O'Shea there, who looks like he's got the potential of being a, a very good player, you, you now want to see him develop under a head coach. You want a coach to in this day and age where you've got a technical director, you want your coach to be a good coach, not necessarily just a recruiter well, well, mm. that's it. You, don't, you don't want to lose these players and then for them to go and shine somewhere else I mean we've seen Albion now linked with Romain Sawyers once again and this is a this is a player that was, was on Albion's books you know and he was let go at that kind of age bracket you, you want you know you want to you want to have these players bring them through and then not let them go and then have them to pay big fees mm. to get them back I think in Romain Sawyers' case slightly different because he's what 27 now mm. and he was let go a long time ago and he's had to he's had to work his way up through the leagues you know he did a lot a long stint with Warsaw he's also done three years now with Brentford so I think he's a very different player now to what he was but there is certainly an argument for players like Tyler Roberts um, yeah. that actually it is you know these players it's worth keeping hold of them or, or at least showing them that there is first team opportunities at the club so that they don't go looking for it elsewhere if they're you know if they are good enough um, Albion are in a different position to what they were when they when they let go of Roberts and when they let go of Sawyers because they're not a Premier League club anymore no. so now there's more chance of these sorts of players getting getting played um, mm. because not only are they a division below her, but also the sheer volume of games you know, you've got so many more games in the championship. You're going to pick up more injuries. You're going to get, there's going to be more fatigue. Um, you know, in the Premier League, as some teams have shown shown last year, you know, as as, as Wolves showed last year, you can you can get by on quite a small squad. You can't do that in the championship. Yeah, you certainly can't. And we saw two new faces for Albion, um, of course, um, in Semi Joy and Kenneth Zahor. Yeah. What did you make of them? We're going to go in depth into the transfer and the dealings yeah. about them. But what did you make of them on the day? Uh, I mean, you couldn't really read into it a, a hell of a lot, to be honest. Um, the game was already wrapped up when the when they came, and of course it was that kamikaze kind of six minutes into yeah. the second half where Albion got their three goals and just got that cushion. And Zahor came on up front for Burke, and then Ajay came on at centre half for Bartley. Um, just a quick word on Burke. I, I mean, he, he did have a hand in some of the goals. For me, he doesn't look like a centre forward. Yeah. Um, I think he's got to be on the on the flank of a of a front three, if you like. Um, the perennial problem with Oli Burke. It, it it is it is, and he's just a victim, I think, of, of modern day football. You have ten good games, and you get a fifteen million price tag slapped on your head, mm. and um, it's, and that's not his fault. It's not his fault, he, and he's he's still finding his feet. I mean, he's still what twenty one, twenty two, so. 
you know, this is a player that you're going to have to have a bit of patience with, really, but he doesn't really look like a centre-forward to me. But um, You see, for me, it's funny that you say that, because in my opinion, he doesn't look like a winger. I yeah. think that as a winger, he's, he's, he's often asked to... Um, you know, beat a couple of men or try and get move through the traffic, and he's going so fast he can't necessarily do that. He just runs in. He just runs into yeah. traffic. Whereas as a centre forward, I think there was a feeling at the club that when Dowling came in, I think um, he believed that the best way to utilise that pace is to get him running off the last man, balls over the top into that space. He'll beat the goalkeeper to it every time. You know, as long as it's not an overhit pass. Yeah. Um, so, I whilst I, I appreciate. What you mean about that's not necessarily looking like a striker? I think, for, I think that is perhaps where his future is, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of that respect, he, he doesn't look like a, a traditional number nine. He's kind of what you know. I mm. mean, as a perhaps you know somebody kind of for somebody else to feed off. Maybe he'd probably be more of a creator than a, than a, than a scorer of goals. I'd say maybe just kind of a little and large combination. If he could get somebody there around him, then perhaps there is a future there for him. But in terms of him leading the line and trying to create and score opportunities, I, I, have, I have my doubts. Mm, do you reckon someone like Zahor there, who you know is a big, powerful striker, maybe get flick-ons for him? Do you reckon that it, could potentially work for him? Maybe. I mean, Zahor is very much of the target man kind of mould, isn't he? And, Interesting to have a bit of a chat with him afterwards. Um, just kind of ask, you know, has he kind of got a target in mind goals-wise? And he says, no, because assists mean just as much. And if somebody mm. else scores, I'm just as happy. So it seems like, in, you know, kind of from that conversation, he's not perhaps aiming for 25, 30 goals or something like that. He sees himself as very much a kind of a team player. I mean, he's a big boy, isn't he? Six foot two, I think. But yeah. funnily enough, when speaking to Cardiff fans, they say, "Well, actually, he's he's not great with his head. He's, mm. He is actually quite good with his feet. Yeah. If you can give him the ball to his feet, he's he's better running at, at players." So I don't know whether Albin. It might be risky for them to sort of go down the route of thinking he's just a target man. Mm. And funnily enough, I don't know what it was like at uh, Scunthorpe, but at Villarreal, it was Oliver Burke who was winning a lot of the flick-ons. Yeah. Now he's a bit more stockier, but. Um, you know he's, he's he's got some bulk to him, hasn't he? So, I'd, it it is curious. I think sometimes we can pigeonhole strike um, strikers, not just strikers, but other players, just because of how they look. And it's it's not necessarily always the case. Mm, so, no. um, it'd be interesting to see how they play Zahor, whether they use him as a target man or whether they use him as a as a as you say, like a little and large sort of combo two up front. Because I think that's what Billich wants to do in terms of play two up front, or whether you know, or whether they use him as a not a target man, but just just an out and out striker that runs in behind. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, um, Albion, of course, another test tomorrow. Of course, uh, they've they've got another preseason game, which Matt Wilson will be at. I will be at that one. Yes, I'm yeah. going to Rotherham. The uh, return of Semi J. You know, that's quite. Uh, he's only signed on Saturday, and he's he's going back to New York Stadium uh, three days later. Yeah, plenty of returns for Albion players in Connor Townsend now, of course. You know, Semi J. Um, right, Joe, we'll let you go. You feel free to hang around if you want to, but you're more than welcome to leave. Now uh, we know you're a busy man. Lovely. We're going to talk. Pleasure, to you. pleasure to be here. See you again soon. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Joe. Yeah. Uh, no, good insight there from Joe. I think. Um, right, let's talk transfers because this is. Um, I mean, I was I was trying to balance up how to come up with a name for this episode of the podcast, and I thought. We've got a semi, or the transfer train has stopped at the Hawthorns. 
I think the second one. I think yeah. Is, it, is the first one a bit too much? Yeah, I, I did that joke on Saturday, and I sort of instantly regretted it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether we should debase ourselves with that, but it's um, a family podcast. It's a family podcast. <laughs> very true. Very true. Right. Anyway, uh, first one, Kenny Zahori. What the what? What sort of price are Albion playing paying here, Matt? So the total for the fees is eight million. Um, that's with all the add-ons included in terms of goals, you know, goals, appearances, promotion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the, the, the upfront fees are a bit less than that, um, probably around the seven mark, but I, it might even be less than that. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. But the total fee is is, is eight, um, which, you know, I, I, I. I only time will tell whether that's good business or not. You know, it's the same with all these signings. You know, you, you don't know until twelve months down the line, really. Yeah. Um, but in terms of his championship pedigree, he was quite a, quite a key cog in, in Cardiff's promotion season. As mm. sort of Joe just alluded to, he didn't really score that many goals. He scored enough. He's got, I think he got twelve and nine. So he got twenty one across two seasons in the championship for Cardiff. Mm. But I think it was just more his his the way, how he's a team player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that he was a, he was a vital cog in that team. So, be interesting to see how Billich plays him, how he gets on, um, and if he if he does have a partner with him, whether they can strike up a you know a good uh, romance. Um, but like any new striker, he, he'll be given he'll be given a bit of time. But he's got the number nine jersey, mm. and that traditionally means that people want to see you score goals. Yeah, that's it. I mean. Having spoke to um, a journalist at uh, Wales Online, he was quite complimentary of, of Zahor, I think. He did raise some issues, but then he thought that he could be the man to guide Albion up because he you know, he was part of that promotion winning team with Cardiff before. He said that you know, at times his work rate is amazing, although he did say sometimes his work rate isn't so good. But I think it could be one which, which turns out to be a bit of a hit for, for West Brom. Well, let's hope so. I mean, he was 23 when Cardiff went up, wasn't he? So he's 25 mm. now. So you would hope that he has improved and he has learned. You know, maybe that year in the Premier League, okay, he only scored one goal. Had a bit of a tough, tough season last year. Mm. Um, although That's he, he was of... injured as well. I mean, but will he, hopefully, he will now come back and he'll, he'll be hungry and he'll mm. think, right, I've got a new club. We're going to be hopefully fighting at the right end of the uh, of the division mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to try and get back up there and, and prove myself again um, that was uh, that is obviously the, the, the hopes um, but like I said you know when you've got that number nine on your on your back you are you are judged by goals mm-hmm. normally unless you've got you know a little Kevin Phillips near near you yeah. who who's scoring loads of goals as well mm-hmm. and you're laying them off to him and, and people can see that and they can see your your your, your Value to the team, mm. you know. I think for, if if they, if they go with one up front, he will be judged in goals, and and that is just the the long and short of it. Do you reckon he will benefit by the fact that under Neil Warnock at Cardiff, let's just say the style of play wasn't exactly the most fluid of football? Do you reckon he will benefit from having someone like Bilic who tends to try and play attractive forward-thinking style of football? Until we see how Bilic lines up with Albion, it's, it's hard to it's hard to know, isn't it? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm I was told that Zore wasn't necessarily a target man, but he, he he was good with his feet, so maybe that would maybe that would play into that. Mm. Um, with players behind him like Kravinovic or, or or other little you know like even Chris Brunt picking passes um, and playing him through, hopefully he's going to have chances, and you know 
it's, up, it's then up to him to stick him in the net, isn't it? Certainly is. Another one, of course, in Semi Ajayi. What are your thoughts on him? That seems to me like quite a steal for Albion. I think it's a cracking signing, to be to be honest. I mean, you might remember when you asked me at the end of the last season yeah. which players from the Championship should Albion buy, and I mentioned Ajayi because when, when, when on the two occasions West Brom played Rotherham, I thought he was brilliant, mm. um, particularly in the... At, at, at Rotherham when actually Albion won 4-0 but it wasn't really a 4-0 game that game it was you know Dwight Gale scored a hat-trick but it was one of those days where just Dwight Gale scored loads of goals and Albion sort of won, came away 4-0 winners and everyone was sort of scratching their heads why um, which you know just goes to show how good Gale was but um, the second mm. best player on the pitch that day apart from Gale was, was Ajayi I thought um, he is Big lad, six foot five, very strong, very powerful, very capable of doing a box to box job from defensive midfield, but also mm-hmm. capable of playing centre back. Um, he did very well, in, you know, in that holding midfield role last season for Rotherham. Be interesting to see where he can play um, for Albion, where they think he's going to play. I imagine it depends on a number of factors: who who else comes in, um, who's available on any particular day, what injuries they've got. But having that versatility is very useful. We can play centre back, right back, or holding midfield. And for for an upfront fee of one point five, rising to just over two million mm-hmm. uh, with add-ons, I think it's a steal because that's you know it's a four-year contract as well. He's twenty-five. He was one of my picks, you know, of the sort of bottom half of the championship last season. I think it's a really really good signing, and um, I think it's quite a shrewd one as well. So um, in my opinion, that that that's a cracking deal. But um, obviously. As I've said before, you do have to wait. Yeah, you do have to wait twelve months until until you uh, until you see how they get on. Yeah, you certainly do. And then uh, let's have a listen to um, what he had to say after um, the game the other day. It's a really, really good opportunity for myself. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really big club that's got ambitions to play at the highest level. So I'm, I'm glad, glad to be, and hopefully I can help get us back where we want to be. Slaven plays a centre back uh, in his playing days. Um, what role did he play in the in the transfer? How yeah, big yeah, he was a big draw because obviously he had a great playing career, a great managerial career, and with him being a centre half, I feel like I can learn a lot from working under him. So um, I'll just be like a sponge while I'm here, really, just taking all the information in and trying to add bits to my game so I can improve. You've played in other positions as well, haven't you, uh, during your career? Is that where you've seen the best, well, to the best of you at centre half? You think? Is that um, I've played a centre half the longest, so I'd say I'm, mm. I'm most comfortable there. But I'm, I'm equally, I'm, I enjoy playing in midfield. I played right back a little bit. Um, I've put in good performances in both positions, to be fair. But um, I see myself more as a defender that can play in midfield, not vice versa. How was it out there today? Was yeah, first game out. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was great to pull on the shirt for the first time. Um, I'm still learning names, so it's a bit hard to communicate. Like I just, just shouting oi and stuff like that because <laughs> I didn't know people's names. But um, I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, we got a, a, a win and a clean sheet, which is always happy for a defender, so it was good. I mean, I think the next friendly is against your old club, Rotherham, on Tuesday. I mean, is that going to be a bit of a strange one for you? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be good to go back there, say bye to um, a lot of people who have played a big part in my, in my life the last two years. Um, it will be a bit weird because I'm used to going to the home change room. Yeah. You're going to the away change room. <laughs> yeah. But um, once the game starts, I have to put that on my mind and just focus on the task ahead. Have you got any particular targets in mind this season? I know this is a club that you know has historically been competing in the Premier League and hopefully you know can help try and get them back there. Really? Yeah, that has to be that has to be the target. The main aim would, would just be promotion, and um, anywhere I can help help to do that, I'll try my best.
Yeah, and do you think you've experienced last season? Obviously, you know you've experienced a low of relegation. You know, hopefully, flip that, take what you've learned from that, and experience some highs. Yeah, definitely. Um, I go into every game wanting to win, so even in a relegation battle, the pressure is exactly the same as at, at the top. Your pressure to win games, and um, um, I, thrive, I feel like I thrive under that pressure. So it'll be good to have a different kind of pressure this season, with hopefully fighting at the top of the table, and hopefully we can um, come through that as a team. Obviously, it was only announced this morning, but how quick did it come around? Because we saw the pictures, obviously, of you at the training this morning. How kind of quick a turnaround was it for you, like from starting to getting here? Um, probably from when the actual club started negotiating a fee, probably took about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I was anxious for it to get done, of course. It was a really big opportunity for me, and I really wanted to come here. So I'm just really glad that it's all completed now, and I can um, focus on finishing pre-season strongly, and then um, the season ahead. I mean, he sounds like a pretty affable guy. Um, and to be honest, that's kind of what you want when you make a sign. You're not someone who's going to rock the boat, but at the same time has the ability on the pitch. You want people who are young and hungry. I think there is a trend emerging from Albion signings this summer. So far, they've got a 23-year-old and two 25-year-olds. Mm. They're closing in on a right-back who's also 23, who I'm sure we're going to come on to. Yeah. Um, they are. I think there's a. I think there is a realization that Albion have got a number of academy players who are quite promising between the ages of 18 and 21 mm-hmm. you know Kyle Edwards Rayan Tullock Sam Field Dara O'Shea Jack Fitzwater they, you know, there, there are players there that can step in if required they've also got a number of players who are 28 and over yeah. who are experienced pros you know I'm thinking about Jake Livermore Matt Phillips um, okay Dawson's gone now but though those sort of Craig, you know, Chris Brunt even yeah. I think there was a definite uh, need to, to find those players um, between 21 and 28 who are just entering their prime and they're, and they're, they're going to get them at their prime and mm. hopefully they're going to pay fees like we've seen for semi J 1.5 mil and they're going to sell them in three years time or two years time or whatever it is four mm. years time for you know ten times that yeah. that I, I mean I, I, I do I am encouraged by the, the, the policy that is, that is currently undergoing um, you know it was always going to be a rebuild this summer following um them failing to go up uh, but it's good to, it, I'm encouraged for them to, to see that they are buying young and hungry players who um, you know who, who have got points to prove and, 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 are, and are at that stage of their career where they're, where they're ready to kick on mm-hmm. they're not at that stage of their career where they're just sort of going through the mill you know yeah, um, or resenting the fact that they're in the championship because they should be in the Premier League because they've only got three years left or you get you get my drift. These are yeah. players that have got a future ahead of them, mm-hmm. and, and 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 as I've said, they're young and hungry. Um, so hopefully that bodes well. I mean, it, obviously it depends. It's now it will then be up to Billish to um, to get them into into some sort of order and some sort of tune, get a tune out of them. Um, and obviously they're not done yet because there's still quite a, quite a couple of gaps that need need filling. But we have seen over the past few days things starting to move forward, um, and it looks promising. Yeah, and you know, two two men who fall right into that bracket you were on about, Matt. Um, first one remains Sawyers, who um, Albion have been linked with today, and then of course the the right back in Darnell Furlong, which you mentioned as well. They both fit into that kind of strategy which you just highlighted, and then you know you're looking at fees for these kind of players, and they're not out of this world, are they? Well, Sawyers is a bit older. Sawyers is 27, so I mean that's obviously only just a couple of years older than. Um, Ajay and uh, and Zahore, so nothing serious there really. He's still got mm. a good few years ahead of him, um, but Furlong is is twenty three, and you know obviously one for the future. So, um, or well, one for the very near future. If you if you, yeah. you know he's not that young, but um, 
I, I'm intrigued by the Sawyers one. Um, mm. I, there is an interest, but I, I you know, I, personally, my own personal opinion, and I'd love to, I hope, I hope I'm proved wrong if Albion do sign him. I see him as a as a mid-table Championship player. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's a high-end Championship player, but you know, a, a promotion-winning Championship player. But look, I could be wrong, and um, you know, he is he is someone that has since leaving Albion has had to work his way back up he played some time in League One mm-hmm. he's obviously played some time in the Championship he's, and he's been very important for Brentford over the last few years um, I think he's their club captain um, and he's been a pretty much never present all, throughout and yeah. they've, they've, they've had a big churn of players so that probably says he's doing something right yeah. um, he doesn't score many goals doesn't really assist many goals but he's a tidy player um, I wonder if he's a bit similar to Kravinovic yeah. but then you know, you need options. You need you need backups. Um, it'd be interesting to see if 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 that if that one does come off, um, where they fit him in the team and and and, and whether he's a starter. I mean, uh, I think Bilic is a big fan of Kravinovic, so yeah. for obvious reasons. So it'd be interesting. He might chop and change. It might there might be a little bit of a tussle there for that number ten role if that if that is indeed how they play. Um, in terms of Daniel Furlong, I don't know too much about him apart from the fact that he's the son of Paul Furlong. He used to be the QPR striker. Um, he's a young chap. I think he came through QPR's academy. Um, the, he played about 20 games last season for 20, 25 games last season for QPR. I think the QPR fans think he's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fees we're talking about for these players, you know, is one and a half million. It's they're sensible purchases. Yeah, you know, they are. If if it goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, you don't want it to go wrong. Yeah. If it goes right, you stand to make some money. You know, if if if, if Furlong comes in and impresses mm-hmm. and is part of a very good team that wins promotion or, or goes near to winning promotion, you could see a situation where he's you sell him on for, you know, trip triple that in twelve yeah. months. Or, or if if indeed there was a market for it, I just think in terms of business sense, it, it looks good. And um, I don't think Albion are going to make the same. Financial mistakes that perhaps they have made in, in the Premier League when you are sort of cash rich. They're cutting their cloth accordingly this summer. Yeah, you know, eight million for a striker is probably the most they're going to do. I mm. don't, I don't see them go doing any, anything bigger than that. Yeah, you know, they they're keen on this um, Matthias Pereira, the winger from um, the Bundesliga uh, from, sorry, from Sporting, Sporting Lisbon, who I think are just called Sporting, but yeah, everyone knows him as Sporting, Sporting Lisbon. Sporting CP or whatever it is, and. You know, Albion want a loan, a season-long loan, with an option to buy at the end of the the season, uh, which would make sense for for all parties. If he does well, we'll buy him. But Sporting want an obligation to buy mm. of nine of a fee and a reason of nine million pounds. Now, if you don't go up, you're in trouble. If you don't go up, you're in trouble. And all of us, how, how do you pay for that yeah. when your your parachute payments are fifteen million next season? That's a big outlay on one player. Mm-hmm. Um, what if he has a rubbish season? Um, you, you're obliged to buy him. Yeah. You could be, you know, I don't think, and that's and that, that's why those talks have stalled because Albion are not willing to do that, mm. which I think is, is sensible and it's and, and it's and it's, you know, it's 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 the way to run a football club. You look at other clubs who, you know, have not gambled. Well, maybe they have gambled, but maybe they haven't. I'm, I'm not I'm not au fait with you know the uh, the books necessarily at, at clubs like Leeds, mm. but. The, the deal for Helder Costa 15 million yeah guaranteed 15 if they go up if they go up it's more so but even if they don't go up it's 50 it's 15 16 million um, on one player next summer locked in I mean there's obviously an FFP thing there but 
that is not Albion are not going to go down that route no and um it's up to them, I suppose, to be shrewd enough to recruit players that are that are good enough for reasonable fees. Mm. So far, they seem to have done okay. Yeah. Um, okay, we've only we're only talking about three signings at the moment, but if they get the, this fourth one in, again, we'll wait and see how they all pan out. It's very dangerous to read into business at this stage of the season mm. or this stage of the window, um, but at least I think there does seem to be a method and there does seem to be a plan. Um, about the type of players there they are um, targeting. That should, for, for me anyway, I feel like it should be quite refreshing because when I feel like sometimes Albion don't really show that method too well with the fans, and a lot of fans sit there and sometimes think, "What's going on here?" You know, I'm not really seeing anything being put into place. Now you can kind of clearly see that pathway, can't you? Yeah, I think I think you can. I think you can see see an, an, an idea. Um, formulating with their recruitment strategy I'm sure once the window uh, shuts and, and, and everything dies down we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have a chat with Mark Jenkins and Luke Dowling and, and get their assessment on how the window went and whether they thought it was a success and, and what were their strategies but I think this was always going to be the rebuild they were always going to have to offload some players like Dawson Rodriguez you know, even Rondon I know he wasn't at Albion last season but they were always, always going to have to offload some of those players and recuperate that money Um Get some of those big wage earners off the off the bill, and you know they're paying they're paying a guy about fifteen thousand, which yeah. I think more more maybe more than triples what he was in at Rotherham. Yeah. Um. But you know, you think about the the person he's replaced, Dawson was probably on maybe double that. Yeah. So that's the sort of business that they need to be doing. They're getting mm. they're getting rid of players who are in their late twenties, early thirties, and they're getting players in their in their early twenties who should hopefully become just as good as those players hopefully yeah um, one man of course who's gone uh, we'll quickly touch on as you touched on there Salomon Rondon off to China it's one we all expected when the links came about with Rafa Benitez um, but that's kind of almost triggers all that transfer business doesn't it because then Albion have got this pot of money that they know they can spend this amount and then we'll go forward with that yeah I think that's that's what they're waiting for to see how much they got for Rondon because the, the English clubs who are interested were only offering you know we're talking in the feet in the region of eight yeah. eight and nine whereas the Chinese clubs I think I think they got pretty much all the 16.5 release clause if if not the whole shebang so mm-hmm. um, that's enabled them to now go and enact their plans yeah. and it's given them a bit of a bit of cash to go and do that um, Rondon is it a shame that he's gone to China I mean it's not for Albion it's the best deal for Albion but for him it's difficult because I felt like he, he his reputation grew a bit at Newcastle last year probably because of the manager he was playing under could he have got another Premier League uh, club potentially mm. but when when they're offering you 250 grand a week it's and, a lot of money for Salomon Wonder. And you're twenty, and you're twenty nine, and you know you, you've got maybe what four years left, five years left at, at the top end of the game. Mm. It's difficult to turn that down, um, especially when you you think about the background that he's come from and, and you know the the charity work and stuff he does in Venezuela. It is you know at the end of the day, sometimes we forget. It, 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 for some of these players, it is a job. For some of them, it's a bit more. Yeah. For some of them, it is a job, and um, I think uh, you know it, everyone makes different career choices for a different a different number of reasons but you can understand perhaps why he'd want to go and work with Benitez again someone who did get the best out of him last season mm-hmm. and also when someone's offering you that much money it's hard to turn down 
Yeah, and plus you might you might even score more goals next season. You imagine the defences in the Chinese Super League aren't quite up to the Premier League standard, would you? No, I doubt it. Um, right, how much, how well do you reckon you know um, Albion's two new signings, Matt? Not very well. Oh, this this might be a challenge then. I've got a quick quiz for you. Okay. Uh, it's called Semi or Kenny. Semi or Kenny. Right, I will give you a fact. You will tell me whether you think it's Kenny or Semi. Okay. So, um, first one, I scored one goal for my first ever senior team. I think that is uh, Semi. It's Kenny. Oh, who was that? Uh, I don't have the team name. Oh. I, I could look it up very quickly, but I, I've jotted all these questions down. Right, okay. I can assure you what they're right. What sort of team was it? Uh, a non-league team? No, no, no. It was, um, it, was, uh, it was in Denmark, wasn't it? Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, so it was a, a Danish team. Um, if you give me one moment, I'll be able what, to. What, then you got a move? Down. You got a move? It must have been some goal. Uh, maybe, yeah, well. Um, his first senior team, uh, Copenhagen, uh, 16 appearances, one goal. Oh, okay. Yeah, so fair play to him, got his goal. Um, my father is second cousin to Didier Drogba. My father is second cousin to Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba. I'll go with Semi. Kenny again? Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been named EFL Championship Player of the Month. That's definitely Semi. That is Semi. Yeah. That is Semi. I've played a total of 130 games over my career, according to Wikipedia. Uh, no, according to transfermarket.com, sorry. Kenny. Semi. Oh. I've never made an appearance for my senior national team. Kenny. Kenny's correct. I've been loaned out five times throughout my career. Oh, Semi? Semi, you're right. I've won the Away Player of the Year award for my previous club. Semi. Semi, you knew that one, didn't yeah. you? Uh, and my first name is actually Albin. Albin? Albin. Not Albion, Albin. <laughs> Al Albin without the O? Yeah. Albin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. Um, Albin. Albin. Semi? Kenny? Kenny? Yeah. His first name's Albin. His first name is, is Albin. No, I, I, I. Albin Kenneth Derup Zahore. Wow. Um, I mean, Semi Semi Ajay's got a name. Yeah, Semi's got a great name. Um, is I, he, is he Nigerian heritage, isn't he? It is, yeah. Um, I mean, I might have trouble here. Oluwa Semiligo Adesiwo Idapo Ajayi. Well done, but apologies to any Nigerian listeners. Yeah, 100% ruined that. But uh, no. My favourite one is, is uh, Hal Robson Carnu's first name is Thomas. <laughs> Why does he call himself Hal? Uh, I think because he didn't like Thomas, I guess. When I was in school, I was like that. I didn't like my first name. I wanted to change it, but my parents wouldn't let me. What, what did you want to change it to? I don't know, something cool with like an X in it or a Z. Well, like I don't know why. Xavier or something. Oh no, like Max. Oh, Max, okay. Yeah. Of at, all the, at the time, I was like seven years old. Okay. You know when, like, you think it's cool to have, like, a name with an X or a Z in it? Maybe you didn't think that. Um, I probably did at one stage. Shall we get on to questions? Go on. All right, okay, let's do it. Um, thanks, everyone, by the way, for sending in questions. We've had loads today. Um, first one comes from Jared Buckley. Um, he asks... Hello, mate. Anything on the possibility of right-backs? Ballyhoo? 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 I don't know, Ballyhoo. Uh, no, I think that the right-back they're, uh, they're going for is, uh, is Furlong from QPR. 
Do you reckon they'll need a second one? Well, I think there might be a possibility. Um, well, I think they're waiting to see what happens with Holgate. I think mm. if, if I think if if Everton make Holgate available on loan again, I think they will try and get him, and he can obviously play right back and centre back, which um, plays into your hands. I think um, there there is a hope that. Yeah, I mean, they've just got to wait to see if Everton, if Everton make them available. I think, I think they're sort of in their hands really uh, with that. But I think it would be a loan deal anyway. Mm. Um, but we'll wait and see because I think there are, there probably will be other clubs sniffing around, um, including Middlesbrough. But uh, we'll, we'll wait and see with that one. But um, it would be great to get Holgate back because I think he, he did do a good job in the second half of last season. So, um, yeah. but like I say, it's, it's it depends on Everton that one. Yep. Um, Tom WBA strikers are we aiming for two more to replace Gale and Rodriguez um, I think they want at least one more striker maybe potentially two um, it depends on whether you think Burke is one because you mm. at the moment you've got Zahore Burke and Robson Carney that can play up front so if you get one more there and you've got four is that enough or do you want one more I mean I don't know it depends on what, depends on the system if you Billich wants to play two up front so maybe you need five yeah but if they if you are stretched and Maybe you go for another, for example, say they went for Romain Sawyers and you actually, okay, we, we'll have a few more attackers, a few more forwards, number 10s and yeah. a few a couple of wingers. Um, then we can play a 4-2-3-1 um, if we're short up front. Um, so that, you know, I think in this, in this league you do need versatility, but you also need a clear plan and identity. So mm. um, it'd be interesting to see how many they get in. But I think at least one more striker, if not, uh, if not two. But... I wouldn't be surprised if you know they they got one sort of one striker in for four four or five mil and mm. another striker in on loan or something. I was going to say the loan market for a striker normally is one which you can you can do quite well in. It's worth pursuing, I think, considering what happened last season with Dwight Gale, um, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, you know, it, it is one where there are only so many strikers that can be on the pitch, particularly these days when majority teams play one up front so there might be an opportunity to get someone from the Premier League um, to come down and, and, and help out yeah um, Spencer George any news on the future of the match day programme given the news last week it's still going to go, go ahead next season it's still going to be written next season um, so it's still going to exist um, and I think Dave Bowler is going to have a column in it so um, in, in, in terms of that it's, it, it's still going to be very much part of the match day mm-hmm. um, I think I, mean, well, I don't need to tell you, Luke, about the the decline of print media. No, you do um, not. You know, it's it's a problem facing us all, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think these days, you know, although I believe the, the program is still profitable, I think you know people are. I mean, some people still buy programs because of the sentimentality, and some people still buy it because it's a good, it's a good, it's a good read. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think. Um, in the end they will probably go um, mm. not just at Albion but everywhere I'd, I'd be interested to see if anyone's um, stopped doing, producing them you no so longer far. you're no longer obliged to you're aren't no you? longer obliged to so um, unfortunately the way that the, you know, the world's going I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future they're not just at Albion but if, if you know if, if that idea just cease to exist because people now get their information in a, in a different way um, you know you can be you can be sentimental about these things and people in our industry probably tend to be Yeah. but in another way you, 
there are also you know, the world changes and things move on and sometimes you, you know, it's, it's a shame but it's just just the reality of it you're a collector of programs I'm not no um, I've got loads but I see this is the thing I, I, they would just take up a space in my house in the box and mm. so you know if, if ever anyone wants one I, I normally just hand them out oh there you go get in touch with Matt Wilson after I've, after I've read them of course oh yeah of course 100% um, Joshua J Matt Wilson star you said late last week Ajayi was one of the players you named in a previous episode you would consider who were the others and who do you think now I can't remember who the others were um, we'd have to cough, cough up that old episode I think yeah you're going to have to look, go and look back for it I can't remember what I said um, I can just remember Ajayi being one which was a bit weird when they, when they signed him um, now oh, I don't know I mean i I squads change so dramatically over summer that I, I, I wouldn't know where to where to look mm. it's, what, it's one of them where I keep looking at players and I think you know Albion they need a striker on loan and then I look at someone like at Aston Villa someone like Scott Hogan who I think is not going to feature for Villa but then he's on a high amount of wages it's his wage packet and whether he can make that move I don't know but someone around his mould I think would do the job yeah, I mean, as we said, like a Premier League striker who's not going to play. Um, yeah, wouldn't, would 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 be good. Um, Maybe someone know. with more goals in than Hogan though. He hasn't done well since he's moved from Brentford. No, he hasn't. Didn't go well from did it? No. Um, Cam asks, what positions do you both believe require attention in regards to transfers, and what youth players are you both expecting to step up this season? Well, I think as as we've already talked about, right back. They need a right back. Maybe mm. even two. Um, they're okay at left back at the moment um, unless Gibbs goes but um, at the moment they're fine um, they probably need another centre back yeah just you know or someone that can play centre back maybe um, in midfield I think they need, they need a left winger uh, desperately I think because um, they've got Phillips and I know Edwards can play out there I know Phillips can obviously switch and wingers these days can pretty much play on both wings can't they but yeah. I still think they need a left winger um or a winger because they they're a bit short change in that area. They've got Matt Phillips underneath him. It's Carl Edwards and then it's Ray Hantalek. So yeah, um, and I think they need another striker as well. Um, so they need at least ooh, I would go with four, maybe even maybe maybe more. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But you can you can supplement that with loans as well. Yeah, certainly if you yeah. need to. But I'd like to see a few more permanent signings first. Yeah, um, Kev Key asks. Am I right in thinking that Morrison has a one-year option in his favour? No. No, unfortunately not, Kev. You are not right there. Um, let's see, let's see. Let's he see did have question. one. He did He did have one in his contract, but he didn't um, play enough games to trigger it. Mm. He had to play a certain number of games last season and he didn't play enough. Oh, right. Okay, there you go. Paul Chappell, this is an interesting one. Who do you think will be the biggest challengers this season? Stoke won't be as bad as they were again. Three relegated teams are arguably very good championship teams who simply overachieved. Um, I can genuinely argue for any one of the 12 teams to be top two, never mind top six. And that's the joy of the championship, isn't it? That yeah, is, yeah, that is the joy of the championship. Remember last, last summer, I don't think anyone was tipping Norwich really to go up. Um, they, and they they were brilliant. So that is the joy of the championship. That's why it makes it. That's what makes it so fun and so exciting. I am the same. I, I don't know who's going to challenge. I I think there are about there are about twelve, thirteen, fourteen clubs that have got a chance. 
but all of them have got strengths and all of them have got weaknesses like you look at Fulham they've got the money they've got the players but they've got a rookie manager um, you look at Stoke I think they're they're starting to change I mean they're going through a similar sort of rebuild mm. um, I think they could they could be strong um, certainly they seem to have a, a, a clear idea of where they're going but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work um, you know there there are there are a number of clubs that could have a good go it'd be interesting to see what happens at Forest um, they've got a new manager in you know it's, it's it, that's what makes it so great I think but there's just so many teams that could possibly um, challenge yeah I was just trying to jot some down as Matt was just speaking and I think Leeds for me are probably the biggest one I think they'll do well this season mm. but I think after that Fulham have done some good business I think Knockhart's a good signing I think for them Cavalero's a good signing for them they've still got Mitrovic who bullied the championship that season they went up um Albion should be good. Stoke, as you said. Bristol City, an interesting one. Yep. Cardiff. Warnock's great getting out of that division. He knows what it takes. It's it. There are a number of there are a number of uh, teams. There should be about eight or ten teams at least um, thinking we can go up automatically. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, say, uh, Paul again asks another question. This one, a good one as well. What would you classify as a successful season? More was sacked when fourth, although on the decline. Would Albion accept Billich being fourth in January, giving him a two-year deal up front, surely smacks of allowing him to have the remainder of the parachute payments? Yeah, I think it's a two-year project this time rather than a one-year project. I think there's a, a, a feeling that um, Albion's uh, squad, squad was underperforming last season at certain points, and I, I think that there's a realisation that Billich was going to have a slightly different squad, um, and he's unless things go go really bad and, and again it looks like he's not getting the you know he's not getting enough out of the team I think he'll be given time and I think he'll be given two years I think they mm. see this as a two year project Jacket Gondola apologies if I've messed up name that name up name a hairy dog I don't know any dogs you don't know any dogs you're not a dog person I know one dog but he's not hairy he's a pug oh no no it's not very hairy I think I was St Bernard that's a hairy dog is that a hairy one yeah you know like them it's like a Beethoven dog. You ever watch right. Beethoven? No. Oh, uh, it's like it's hard to describe. It's just a really big hairy dog. Uh, there's one that looks like a mop. I've seen that. There's oh one yeah, one. I think I know the one you mean. But I don't I, know the name of the breed. I don't. Re- I'm not really into dogs. Sorry, whoever that asked that question. Are you more a cat person, or just not? Yeah. Not well, and... I've got a cat. We've, oh, got, right, we've okay. got a cat. I mean, I don't know if I'm a cat person, but we've got a cat. <laughs> so you're definitely more of a cat person than a dog person. Um, Jess Ackroyd do you think any of the loanies we had last year will be back this season like Holgate for example we already kind of touched on Holgate yeah, any I th- the others I think, I think it depends what Everton want to do with Holgate I think that that, that might happen it could happen um, I'd be interested to see if Johansson wants to come back I th- you know, from what I gather he wanted to come permanently in January mm. um, that probably depends as well on, on whether Albion want him need him do you know do they need him was he as impre- Was he? Did he impress enough towards in the second half of the season? I thought he was good for a goal, but he lacked a bit of discipline in terms of his positioning. Mm. Um, do do are Fulham willing to let him go because they've done business elsewhere? So I think those might be ones that um, would be talked about, would be part of the conversation. Mm. Um, I don't think Murphy or Montero will be coming back, but I think um, yeah, Johansson and then Holgate will be the ones that will be part of the conversation. But whether they happen or not is another is another matter. Yeah, I think Adarabai looks like he's going to Blackburn as well. Yeah, so. I don't think Adarabai is coming back. Yeah, um, Sandbox, Scarlett Johansson, or Mila Kunis. Uh, I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll answer it. I'd, I, I, I think Mila Kunis, maybe. Um, Jake B, now that it seems the only position of need we haven't been linked with is centre-back, any idea of who we are targeting there? Would you be surprised if Holgate returned? We'll touch on Holgate, but centre-back, Semi Ajayi can play there. Well, Ajayi can play there, and if you get Holgate, if, 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 big if, then he can play there. Um, and then you've got, if you keep hold of Garzi, which I think they will do because of this, um, this potential surgery he may require, you've got four centre-backs plus Dara Roche and Jack Fitzwater, that's six. You don't need another one, do I you? I don't think you necessarily need another one. You could you could play three at the back and have six. I don't. Yeah, I think I think you could be okay there. So um, we'll wait and see. I think the emergence of Dar O'Shea means that actually where they need to strengthen primarily is, is up top. I wouldn't be surprised to see that back coming on loan towards the end of the window. Mm. I'll put it that way. But um, you know, just to make sure, be you know, best bet to be safe and sorry. But um, you know, there's, there's 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 options there, isn't it? I mean, Jake Livermore's played that back before as well. So yeah. Um, how telling Gail on loan question mark question mark question mark I think we've discussed this about a million times already no it's not happening I hate to break your heart sorry um, how will Albion compare with the likes of Derby or Borough or Leeds this season says Joe Edgehill Derby, Borough and Leeds um, well Derby be interesting they've got a new manager Philip Koku not sure how he's going to get on could be great could not be um, Borough as again Jonathan Woodgate you know, there's a lot of unknown entities. Mm. I think Leeds will be strong. I think you know Bielsa is, is is a proven manager, not only in world football but also in the Championship last season. He proved himself, and be interesting to see how they get on. Um, they've got to be the pre-season favourites. Yeah, I would say Leeds. But um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. You can never bet on Leeds. You can never bet on Leeds completely, can you? Well, I'm sure their fans feel like they can't trust them, but uh, yeah, it, it, it looked for all the world like they were going to go up last season, and then they didn't. So yeah, um, right. Uh, thanks again for all the questions. Um, let's talk Hagazi because um, it's a little bit of a worrying one for me. Well, he's got he's had this issue for a few months, and he played through it uh, at the end of the last season, the playoffs, and also for the African Cup of Nations. Mm. It's manageable. I don't think it's one that bothers him. But it's one that needs to be fixed at some stage. Yeah. So it, I don't exactly know the the ins and outs of of the, or the medical diagnosis, but it seems to be like a sort of protrusion that just needs to be I don't know shaved down or something. Yeah. So anyway, it's manageable. He can play with it. Um, he's a bit of a warrior anyway. But I think they probably will try and get it fixed as as soon as possible. Um, but it's up to the player in many ways. You know, it's his body in, yeah. in many ways. So um be interesting to see um what they uh, what they do with that um th- if he does if he does have surgery he's going to miss the start of the season uh, several games so yeah. um i'm not entirely sure on the time frame um i but I'd, it, you know it'll be a couple of months maybe you could say so normally if you have surgery it's not Quick, so you know, it's not two or three weeks after, is it? No. So you know, he could miss a few games. But it might, it might be, might try and time it so that he's sort of. There's a lot of international breaks, isn't there, in the start of the season? So try and time it so you don't miss too many games. There's a lot of Carabao Cup games as well. Do you know what I mean? Try and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just time it well. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do with that one. If you're going to miss him, you'd rather miss him at the start of the season than the end. I think so. Yeah. Is it the same problem you reckon which um, forced him off? What game was it? 
was, it was at the Hawthorns that I remember he got pulled off and he did not want to come on. Yeah, it's the same thing, yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not nothing too serious, but, you know, um, the good news is... Well, he can play. The thing is, he can play with it, so it's not that serious, but um, it does need to be fixed, so, yeah, we'll wait and see. At least it warns off anyone, you know, even thinking of making the signing, because you think, oh, well, if he's got this outstanding issue, you're less likely to spend the money on him. I think so, yeah. I think you are, yeah. Um... But yeah, fingers crossed, Agaz is all right. Um, if you can wait, if you can hold on until the end of this season, then maybe that's the ideal solution for everyone. Um, no African company. Yeah, is I there know, African I, no, there won't be. I, I know what you mean. It's a bit dangerous though. Play a whole season. Yeah, maybe. Because it did force him off that time, didn't it? So, yeah. You know, it, it, I would get it sorted. I would take the hit early on. I would play. I would play. Um, Bartley and, and Ajay at the back or something and and because what happens is normally is, is you get to sort of November, December in the championship and people start then picking up injuries yeah. the volume of games starts to take its toll and if you go and get Hegazi coming back at that time it could be better yeah fingers crossed he's alright anyway right um, that just about does another episode Matt fantastic yeah um, you're there tomorrow I'm there tomorrow I will be there and the weekend and I'll be there on Friday, Friday night, yeah. under the Hawthorns lights for the big one, Bournemouth. I'll be there coming. for that one. Are you coming? I'll, I'll be there for that one. Happy days. I need to talk to you about accreditation. <laughs> we can have that conversation off air. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right, okay, that just about does it. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. We had really good numbers last week. I think over 1,500 people. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, keep them uh, listens coming in, but also if you've got a review, any ideas, feel free to mention them to us. Um, you can get us on uh, at Albion Poddy on Twitter. So... Until next time, it's bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Matt Wilson. Goodbye. Bye.